1: Josh Brown, me and you disagree on almost every single thing when it comes to video games, but we're still good morally individual people. I hope so. I what do, do love you. No, on... matter, no matter what
2: kind of gaming habits you might have, I always will love you, Scott Silford. <laughs> even
1: to disagreeing right now before you hit the record button on, on iced coffee. Well, even uh, bring that you
2: know what? I don't want to delay the juicy topics we're about to dive into, mm. but this is the worst season for me, right? Because I can't <laughs> function without caffeine, yeah. but I don't like iced coffee. So in this heat, I'm in this podcast studio with a hot coffee right yeah. now. And I'm, man, I'm I'm in a bad way. You're the real hot
1: coffee scandal. I'm seeing through
2: time and space. I really am. Uh, And I wish I loved iced coffee. I really do. My girlfriend loves it. I try all of hers. And Uh it's just that I think I don't like coffee. I think that's my issue. (laughs) I like the warmness in my tum-tum that Uh I get from drinking a hot coffee. Uh And I like the syrups. And I like the milk. But I don't like it cold. I don't know, man. don't know what's going on with me. You
1: should get a uh, decaf. Uh, d- d- less coffee flavour. Well, I guess it's the same flavour but less oomph.
2: Is that, it's like less caffeine, right? And yeah. the reason
1: I drink it is for the caffeine so yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know, but I, I am a massive en- endorser of the coffee stuff, Um, which is to say in no way at all, we're very much suffering from the heat. That we're going to do a debate on gaming habits. Things that we've realised after living with each other in a work-based capacity. That we have various different habits and different ways of approaching the video game industry. We mind our WhatsApp uh, chat. We look at the different times that we disagreed on stuff and we're just going to go through some things number one being the big dip slash no dip life of course uh, which i love having a variety of games on the go i love having something that might be more multiplayer based or more casual based and i will view that as a bridge between the bigger games so like right now i'm play- i just finished resident evil 4 last night but i'm also playing street fighter 6 and i'm also going through final fantasy 6 on switch which is my train game i played a game on the train on the way in and the way out of work and, and i also started diablo 4 last night so yeah. i just i've also i've only always got about three or four games on the go. Also, Batboy. This is Boy's it. We,
2: we, we've talked about the big dip life versus the bubbling life before, yeah. but I think right now, at this moment in the year, it's more pertinent than ever because of all the games you just mentioned yeah. there that you're playing and all the games that are about to come out. I couldn't believe at the start of this week when you told me you would start Diablo 4 without yeah. finishing those other games that you'd <laughs> played and going and in, in, intending to buy Final Fantasy 16 next uh-huh. week. If, if there's a game that long, it like gives me genuine anxiety <laughs> to start it, no <laughs> and I can't finish it. Zelda was bad enough. I didn't know if I was going to be able to get through that. And when I only played 25 hours over the first two weeks or whatever, I was genuinely, well, no, only. But for a game like that, you know, with a game like Final Fantasy on the horizon, I wondered if I was going to be able to fit it in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a bad way to be because, like, I am so wrapped up in needing to finish games or needing to get Mm. the most out of games before I move on, that it kind of sometimes makes the final stretch of those games unenjoyable because I almost want it to be done because I want to clear the slate before the next thing comes along. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's definitely my perspective on it, but I don't think it's the right perspective because it's led to a lot of issues. No, um, I... I would say that like there's, it's
1: rare for me that I want I, you know want a game to end it's like I remember having that with Uncharted 4 I remember thinking the back like third of Uncharted 4 just would not effing end yeah. and I was just like I think when a game sort of feels like it's building to something and then doesn't that can be brilliant if it feels like it's a you know getting more bang for your buck more value for money or whatever but sometimes if the, the pacing is pointing to a logical closure point and they blow right past it yeah. um, it just feels like blow to it now you gotta go find these three keys to get through the door where the villain is and I'm just like oh my god just end um, <laughs> (laughs) Um, That's a rare feeling, but I mean, uh, something like Resident Evil 4, having just finished out the remake, that's like perfectly paced. It
2: is. Um, Like the original was too, but yeah. But it's funny you mentioned Resident Evil 4. This is why I wanted to revisit the big dip life in this (laughs) podcast because there's an extra wrinkle to it Uh and that's that the dip doesn't mean just the games that you're playing right now. That could mean Mm. returning to a game that you picked up months ago and Mm. played a few hours of and now you're returning to. That's something that I just, I know my brain can't do (laughs) and that's why I don't like um, stopping games and moving on to something else because I knew, I knew in my bones if I'd stopped Tears of the Kingdom to play something else and a month went by or two Mm. months went by, there was no way I was going to go back to it because there's just something when i'm out of the flow of a game when i'm out the rhythm of a game and um, i find it almost impossible to get back in well i i the thing is with resident evil 4 i started that because that
1: dropped like i think three or four days i think it was on the friday and i went to japan on like the monday yeah and then i was in japan for like two and a half weeks or three weeks or whatever it was Um, just a full disconnect from western life it was beautiful i'd recommend it Um, but coming back to that i was like what do i even do what what even is my life where do i live what do i do and, uh, and Resident Evil 4 was one of them where I was like, oh yeah, Resident Evil 4. And like, I should, yeah, that's a thing. And I just sort of didn't, I just wasn't, but it didn't hook me. Um, I'd done it up until like the lake section. There's a whole bit in the remake where it's all more, it's way more fleshed out, uh, in terms of giving you a boat and you can explore more and whatever. I've done all that stuff. So I was, I was like, I don't know, four hours, five hours in or something. Yeah. And, uh, actually I think it was more like seven or something. Anyway. And I'd done that stuff. And so like, I just couldn't get back to that at that time. It just didn't, I was just forcing it too much. It wasn't enjoyable, whatever And then it was only been recently where I was like, no, this is madness. I've I've got Diablo 4. I want to play that. Final Fantasy 16 is out in a week. There's a demo that's two hours long. I want to do all that stuff. I also wanted to bank Final Fantasy 6 before I go into 16. yeah. Because I've never finished Final Fantasy 6. And the Pixel Remaster is really gorgeous. So I was like, I'll go through all these different things. Dipping into all these different games. But I did manage to resume Resident Evil 4 eventually. It was just a case of like sticking with it enough. And then everything kind of clicked again.
2: Well, that was it. Like I was genuinely imploring you to either start again or just... sack it off completely because you had those moments where you came back you mm. were trying to get back into it but obviously you'd been away for so long the, the, the pacing was kind of off you weren't really interested in, well not interested you weren't vibing with the mechanics at that point no. either if I recall the I think that game first, kicks
1: into a whole other gear when you
2: get to the castle yeah. so much better yeah it, it, it definitely like the castle section is absolutely great but I just I, I wondered every time you jumped back into it and did like a little bit of a section I just thought he's never gonna get there <laughs> but then you did and proved me wrong completely and now I'm so pleased you stuck with it and did not listen to my advice to suck it off
1: same in that regard in terms of actually getting through it Resident Evil 4 is clearly one of the games of the year it doesn't be Street Fighter 6 for me but it is way up there Um, but it's also like you know it's the thing is on the industry side I always think that games could do a much better job of like in a bit of PR team would be onboarding, but like reonboarding you into a game. If you pick up an RPG, you pick up some Elden Ring after like forty hours or something. Yeah, I kind of think any game that has a, a really long runtime should have a way of, of ingratiating you back into the game, like like a little sort of almost like the Animus sections in Assassin's Creed, like some right, sort of yeah. disconnected thing. That's, okay, these are your moves. This is what's happening in the story, and this is where you left off, and like and just kind of d- just let you back in, like you know, like a recap kind of thing, and um, because so precious few games do that. Dragon Quest Eleven. Does it gives you like a text version of what's happened to that point, point. Um, and I just think something like that will be more helpful because I don't know how many people. I'm curious. I don't know if the average person tries to make a point of going through one game at a time. Right. Like completion day. I would assume that they don't. Most people just seem to live the dip life and finish right. very little. Okay. Um, <clears throat> there was a whole thing from Kisaku, I think it was back in 2014 where it was like 90 percent of, of people don't finish their games, and um, that might have changed over time. But um, but overall, I wonder, especially with the likes of Game Pass and archive, you know, uh, archive services and stuff, if people are just dipping into more things and then not, like, you know, not making a point of finishing anything.
2: The issue with kind of getting re-caught up on the stuff that you were previously familiar mm. with is the main issue for me. Like, even playing, and um, I've talked about it on the podcast, you know, Horizon Burning Shores earlier mm. this year. That's an end game piece of content. It assumes you're familiar with the mechanics, mm. but I hadn't touched that game in a year, <laughs> and I was getting my ass handed to me by all of these machines because I knew the basics, but games now escalate, And they stack powers so much that the end game experience you almost take for granted because Mm. you know all of the intricacies, you know all of the shortcuts, you know how best to tackle certain encounters. But I I find that information just leaves me as soon as I (laughs) stop a game. And that's kind of what stops me from going back to things more so than, you know, where I am in the story or Mm. what's going on with the world. It's that kind of mechanical flow because the sense of mechanical escalation in a game is one of the most important things that I look for. Resident Evil has it in spades is why I loved it so much the way that game ramps up the way it gives you more power how you level up your weapons and become more familiar with the enemies and the combat experience and if I break that Mm. that's the main issue for me going back to things I find Um, and I wonder when when you said there about like the completion data does support that people don't finish games I wonder if that's because they're dipping into a bunch of different games Mm. or whether because games have become so big that they kind of stick with one for a little while play it over a series of months get bored then move on to the next thing I don't I wonder if they're dipping between a bunch of games at once or they're kind of just not finishing games because they've gotten so big and then moving on because it's been so long. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I think like if, if
1: Kotaku or whoever were to do that again, and we can always do a community poll or something for it as well, I think that consumer habits do like, will have changed because of the price point, because of the entry point. I mean, I know my own, like my brother-in-law, like he picks up like a couple of games a year at this point yeah. because they're £70 a go um, and then spends as much time as possible in them, whether it's Elden Ring or Horizon um, just to get as much out of it as possible, but um, but yeah, that whole idea of like you know. Like when to resume a game and when to restart. it. Like, have you have you actively restarted stuff? I've never because I view that as wasted time. If I was like, like Resident Evil Four, I was like, well, that's seven to eight hours that I've just wasted. Like, I would rather pick it up and see if I can something in the game makes it more manageable.
2: I always um b- before you hit a certain threshold. Mm. Like, I played um for instance Jedi Survivor and then momentarily hit a bug that corrupted one of my save files. Oh yeah, and I was about fifteen hours in, and there would be no way I would restart that game at that moment in time. Maybe in a year or maybe mm-hmm. in two years after I'd gotten over that loss <laughs> loss of data. But if if there's a game that I've not touched um, you know outside of its first hour mm-hmm. or two in a few months, I'd just restart the whole thing. I just go <laughs> from the beginning and refamiliarize myself that way. It's why I don't play demos. Right. And it's why, honestly, this is God, this is <laughs> such a Oh, man, this is such a <laughs> bad omission to make on a podcast like this mm. when you know, I've got this lovely job and I get all of this access to games. But it's why I don't necessarily like previews either when right. we get the option to go down and preview a game because I know I'm going to have to play that section again. Yeah. And that was the good thing about getting Dead Island uh, 2 when we got the preview for that. Mm. Jules and I uh, were thankfully, uh, very gratefully, um, mm-hmm. That's, that's I, from my perspective obviously we were we were grateful to get invited to play that game early and mm-hmm. when we got the final code for review the data carried over so we didn't have to start again but even then I was kind of like oh maybe I would have liked to have started again because <laughs> now I'm a few months out <laughs> you can't win with me man I'm very uh, what, what would you even call it selfish I think is the word well I think it's just
1: very particular I think the whole thing is you're always trying to maintain a certain level of excitement around games and the more you cover them the more you're exposed to the, the pre-launch and the run up and like that surprises fundamentally picked away because yeah. but then i mean I, I i enjoy all that stuff so I, I think like the run-up is always like we talked about this on a previous wind up of like it's not real until it's real so it's like if uh, if we've been covering something for a couple of years and then it's finally showing off it's like oh my god okay it was real oh my god that's the reveal trailer oh my god that's what that character actually does look like or whatever it is um so i quite like that stuff but in terms of um like yeah restarting games i i would never do that it would just be wasted time but this I will me. say
2: this this extends to every single part of my life. I talk about TV a lot in this podcast, mm. weirdly enough, because I find my habits with TV are pretty similar to my habits with games. Mm. Like, I don't like watching, as you're probably sick of hearing, I don't like watching TV shows while they air. Yeah, this is
1: another one. You've got so many little things and the little rules, but they definitely benefit you. It's just that when you say them, I'm like, that's not what anyone else does. That's it, man. It it does it's, work. Just,
2: it's just the way I like to kind of consume media. Like, I don't watch TV shows while they air. One, because I don't know if they're going to justify my time with a bad ending like Game of Thrones or something. I need to know something is complete or in the process of being complete. Like I jumped on succession, uh, at the start of season 4 mm. knowing that that season was going to be the final ones because I was like hey there's my runway there's my um, way out there's there's everything mm. going to be wrapped up in a, in a in a ball by the end let's jump in now but, to
1: be fair just super quick like yeah. that's my approach to early access stuff because right. it doesn't have an ending yet and I don't know if it's worth it so why would I pay you for
2: half a game exactly yeah. that's also my thing like I don't want to like the Cyberpunk thing recently mm. sorry I'm going off on a bunch of tangents Do but it. I was a little bit resentful and a little bit annoyed that I loved playing Cyberpunk 2077 but the version that's about to exist with Phantom Liberty with all of the overhauls to the mm. regular um, base to game. Everything, to everything, yeah. To everything. Like, I'm jealous and annoyed I didn't wait and play that version because that <laughs> version would be even better. Yeah. Presumably, judging on what they're changing, and that's kind of frustrating. It's kind of the same with the TV show thing where if I watched season one and then I came back the year afterwards to watch season two, I just wouldn't be into it as much because if mm. years gone by, I'd have forgotten a bunch of things. That's you know, how I watched um, Better Call Saul, sorry, right, no, but, no. which is such a details-orientated show. Like It's so specific mm. in its storytelling and what it shows you that I remember waiting between season three and season four and then watching season four and kind of not enjoying it as much because I couldn't remember all the details. I couldn't mm. remember all the character stories. And I enjoyed that show mo- much more, mm. uh, even more than I already did. When I, when I, when I re-watched it all, up until the final season and then rolled the final season straight into my rewatch yeah. so everything was fresh and I was kind of bubbling it in that way that's how I like to consume things otherwise my brain just it just forgets it man we we're, we're exposed to so much media <laughs> that it's, my brain's only got enough room for a finite amount no well that was
1: how we kind of came up with the term of like of bubbling with something like creating like a sphere of something around you I th- I think it's an offshoot of the MCU I think that's the way that that everything with the MCU 2007 onwards or 2008 whenever Iron man was has trained us to assume a level of canon and consistency between media that is largely not there and was never there because most of those installments if you bring it back to game sequels were never planned that many in advance anyway but there is something to either you call it bubbling with a certain franchise play everything in a row or whatever it is um, that is quite satisfying and does give it that like, through line. It's like this phantom through line of like, oh, well, this became this. Th- I can see how this idea revolved. And it's like, well, that was never planned, but like it does feel good that way. Yeah, I think for story stuff, it's like if I'm picking up a save for an RPG 70 hours in. like Persona 5, I've never finished, but I'm like 90 hours into that game. And every, every year or so I go back to it and do a little bit more. I did a little bit more when I came back from Japan because there's some areas in that um, that I went to in real life. And so it's one of those things where I'll just like, I'll I mean, that game is like simple enough in terms of what's happening, but I'll just get lost in recap videos. Like if I talking about picking up saves, uh, something that's more story-based. Chances are, if it's got a good story hook, that's the one thing I would see through. Right. Um, Because I'll clarify, with the the whole dip thing, I want to experience as many games as possible, and then I'll just see what hooks me. And it's like a, we've talked about it before, but it's like a subconscious test thing, and I'll just realize a week later that I've not thought about something, or it'll be the thing that I just mainline. Like, Sifu... Uh, last year, I just absolutely devoured that thing, it was just like straight all the way through, I absolutely loved it um, and same with Street Fighter 6, like, I'm just like well, that, that's like my bridge game in between other things but I cannot get enough of Street Fighter 6, I'm forcing myself off it because <laughs> I know that there's other stuff with stories that I can get through, um, so I'm always like experience as much as possible and then see what hooks me and then something feels like it will pay off, I'll, I'll see it all the way through um, but like I think I get your side of like wanting to see stuff, make a point of like one by one by one, Yeah. But then you also had it with Crisis Core where you were like I can tell this is actually going to be worth my
2: time. Oh totally I've become I must admit like in terms of my own self-improvement <laughs> I've become way better at calling it quits like right. I, I don't mind binning off a game that doesn't give me anxiety in the same way as taking a break from a game I like does mm. because I've already kind of killed it like trading in Far Cry 6 after playing 10 hours right. of it, I was like okay that's not going to give me any, any anxiety I'm not going to think about what I've missed from that game because in my head I've cut it off mm. but it's only when I haven't cut something off and it is lingering and I I know it is there to finish. That's kind of um, when I get a little bit stressed out because I just, for whatever reason, just can't do what you do. Like the idea. Well, I, I mean, I, I literally laughed when you told me you were getting back into Persona uh, Five because I was thinking like there was there'll be no way I could do that I right. when you first started that game like years ago. I
1: think it's a the thing because that was 2017. <laughs> like that was like three generations of what culture presenters ago, and, and that was Ben one of Ben Paul's favorite games. But like, yeah, that thing. It's like with Persona. Persona is an IP. Is like with me most of the time anyway i'm listening to the music i'm looking at the artwork like it's just i don't know it's kind of always there like so it's and again like it's quite a simple story so i feel like it's quite easy to dip in and out like and um it doesn't necessarily it doesn't really work with many other like i don't think something like final fantasy 16 assumedly based on how meaty that thing uh, meatily that thing opens i don't think you could put that down for like six years and then come back to it yeah um but something like persona five more five than four it feels like you can dip in and out
2: well, I mean, you know, we're talking about RPGs and stuff here. I My reference point would be Skyrim. People have right. been playing that game for 12 years at this point, and they always go back to it. Mm. When a new version comes out, they go and they, they, they play it. I played Skyrim to death when it came out, like 100 hours-ish mm, mm. of it. I know that's not really to death for a lot of people, but for me at the time, Yay. 100 hours was was, was, was was a lot of time to spend on one game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've not gone back to it since, despite how much I loved it. Um, I played the remastered version on PlayStation mm. 4 for about 15 hours, but because I can't go back to the save that I had, like, I mean, I can, the save is there, but I don't want to, and mm. I would get no enjoyment from that. Every time I think about playing Skyrim, it would be from the beginning. It would be right. from going back to the start and having that master save again. I love master saves. I love being able to just <laughs> have play one thing all the way through, uh-huh. kind of with that original loop. It's, it's why I never played a game on new game plus until very recently like every time i would replay resident evil 4 and i have replayed the original version of resident evil 4 so much it's never the new game plus it's never with the kind of infinite ammo weapons or the unlockable weapons it's all always from the start right always with the same kind of trajectory and unlocks and loop like the original version the Mm. the theatrical experience not the director's (laughs) cut for lack of a better term Yeah, yeah for whatever reason my brain isn't wired to just kind of revisit things and kind of have a little dabble or continue that if I if I'm going into something I need it Top to bottom. I need the full thing in my head. Oh, mine's like, Fresh.
1: It's, uh, it's recap videos. It's like, let me get back up to speed. I'll remember enough and then I'll go back and watch like a recap thing and then just sort of, I just, yeah, I'm always like, I want to pick up where I left off. Like I, I, like I said, I view it as like wasted time if I have to redo the whole thing because then enough of it will come back to me and then I, maybe I've lost that save now and I can't, I don't know. I'll always try and find a way to just keep going. Um, let's talk about some other just things that we just sort of wrote down. One of yours is no demos, which is kind of part of your like, <laughs> sometimes you want to just like stay away from a games marketing and, and, and try and have it as like a first experience when it launches. Um, but you fundamentally stay away from demos, which I think is nuts because there are so many great demos right
2: now. Lies of P, Final Fantasy 16. I think it's, nuts to, pl- well, it's <laughs> not nuts to play a demo, but with something like Final Fantasy 16, with something like Lies of P, with, with a bunch of other games that mm. have had demos in the past, if I know I'm already going to buy it and I'm already going to play it... How do you know,
3: though? Because you,
2: you just know, there are some games that you just know you're going to get, at least, at least at least, for me. Right. I, I, I say this like everyone's the same as me. I'm quickly realizing <laughs> nobody is the, <laughs> the same as me. In a beautiful way. You know, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, if I know I'm going to play a game, and sometimes I just know I'm going to play a game because I, it's just so my thing. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's interesting, and even if the reviews aren't good... I, I, I'm now confident enough in my tastes that I know that I want to try something, even right. if it's not a 10 out of 10, because it has elements that I like, and I want to see if they're done well or mm-hmm. if they're not done well, and that's enough for me to justify um, a purchase. So. You,
1: but you don't want that little little taste of it now thing. No. Which is
2: like, I think that's because it's so much fun to do that. Like, why not play the thing you're looking forward to now? He's the thing. To me, it is anti-fun because, and I'll tell you why, another bit of madness coming your yep. way. If I'm looking forward to something that much to the point where I won't look at anything and I won't play it and I know I'm just going to get it. Even that as
1: a sentence is nuts. (laughs) But carry on. I'm looking forward to it so much that I won't look at it.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's because I want that experience fresh Uh and I want it all concentrated. I want it when I'm at my peak motivated to play it when my interest is the highest. So I want to kind of savour the moment almost, right? So even if a game comes out on a Friday night that I've been looking forward to for five years... this is just say, another one of yours
1: which is waiting to play. Yep,
2: yeah, say Last of Us Part Two or Red Dead Redemption 2. And both of these games I did this with. I had... The code, I had the game and I and I waited. The Friday night I was busy, you know, I was doing something else. I had other plans. <laughs> Cancel it. Yeah. Oh I would I have cancelled
1: whatever I was on.
2: Dinner or something. Or maybe I just wasn't mentally feeling, you know, well enough. Maybe right. it was a long day at work. Maybe I was tired. Like that game, I'm not playing that game in that state. Mm-hmm. Because in my head it's like the game deserves more. Yes. Like I've been looking forward to this for five years. Or whatever it is, I can wait another day or two. I can wait another day until my head's in the right place, until I'm feeling good about it, until I can't wait to uh, open it. And I'd, I'd always wait for that moment rather than getting a taste of it. I don't know why. Oh. It's just, it's. I've always been like that. And no, it's the same you, with movies and stuff as well, man.
1: Yeah, no, but you—that's that, the thing. You have immaculate self-control. I, I can't do that. Like I'm just like, if if I've been working forward to a thing, I am counting down the minutes until it's available. I will play it at midnight. I will put two or three hours into it, and I'll go to bed at three a.m. for every single thing that I give a remote f about. That's just what I do. Like, and I. I've, I've loaded up games where I'm half asleep or whatever, and I'm just like, but then, it, but the rush of the thing will wake you up anyway or whatever it is. That's true. Um, if that's, um, I'm talking about midnight slots in that regard, but if I'm talking about like an evening launch, I, I can't wait to get home from work so I can play something. Um, I'm never putting it off. It's the first thing I do. Like I get home, I play a bit of it. Maybe I have to take a break to eat something, like an <laughs> idiot, and then I can get back to the game again.
2: Well, this is this is what I find really interesting, right? Because I tried a few oh. mid-li- mid- mid-light midnight midnight mid midnight launches back in the day. I yes. wanted to get GTA 5 at midnight. Got Fallout Four at midnight. Got- Star Wars Battlefront 1, in middle night, yeah, yeah, middle night, Midnight, the Some DICE version.
1: day we should do uh, our best midnight launches for a chat or yes. something. Yes, yeah.
2: but here's the thing. I always found the thrill of buying the game way better than coming home and playing the game because I never wanted just that taste of it. I wanted the full thing. I don't want just an hour or two at 2 a.m. in the morning. Oh, I'd, I think it's fun. I realized this. I'd always rather take the next day off work and play it for a full eight hours than I ever would playing it for two hours the night before. Do you know what it
1: is, right? This is, it reminded me of what my dad used to say, when, um, this is the wrestling pay-per-view mentality, Okay. and I would rather stay up late and watch it 1am till 5am, with everybody, quote-unquote with everybody else, even though they're not in the room or anything, but you right. know you're watching it live, you know you're getting, you're part of that first wave of everybody experiencing it for the first time, like Death Stranding, like you're everyone's connected without actually being connected. I love that feeling and that energy so, so much, especially on like Twitter and social media and all the different reactions, and, oh my god, have you seen this? Um, I love that stuff. My dad would Always say, well, why don't you just tape it and watch it in the morning? Yeah, and I was like, it's not as exciting, Dad.
2: I wonder if this is because we're old men, and I love saying that. In this podcast, if you're old, like... I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a um, monument. What I mean by that is like, media is so has, has changed so much yeah. over the past, you know, even ten years to the point where I think a lot of people's viewing habits and even the disc discourse habits, for lack of a better term, <laughs> um, they've like completely changed, and they're more fractured than ever. Like, yeah. I used to love staying up to watch um, Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead or whatever it was live because you knew everyone else would be. Yeah. And total anecdotally from um, the presence online from these shows, but I just don't know if anyone does that anymore. But there's you not know. any shows like that right now. But even when we're watching showcases, right? PlayStation showcases mm. and stuff. Um, people used to when it was E3 season even as little as a few years ago my Twitter would be full of people live tweeting it like reacting to it in real time mm. and now I have one or two people who will make one or two tweets and it's like that's all I get and you said you don't follow that many gaming people
1: I, that's my feed like I you, yeah
2: no but he's the thing right mm. I, I mean yeah I don't follow many gaming people but those um showcases used to penetrate Mm, gaming mm, mm, people mm. and going to just the regular people I follow who only had a casual interest in gaming even they would watch like the Sony showcases on E3 and they would react to them I don't even get that anymore Mm. it's an anecdotal thing right I watch Love Island every year which is a a, it's a dating show that's on every night (laughs) over the summer And even that, man, I've noticed, like, the drop-off. That used to have this, like, community who used to Mm. log on every night, and they would live-tweet the episodes. And I'm watching it this year, and it's a pretty good season. And, again, there's, like, one or two people tweeting about it. And, And I find, like you know, um, the likes of Succession which I also loved, like I obviously had, had a dedicated online fandom, but I just, I wonder if our media consumption habits are so disparate these days that mm. we will more often than not get to it when we, when we get to it and know yeah. that the discussion is always going to be there. For me, that has definitely changed and it is a shame because I used to be well, ravenous to do it live like you did, but now I just don't feel a need. Well, I don't know because I, I do think it's healthier to do it when you feel right you know,
1: you take your time and then experience something in your own time. I definitely, my Time is whenever it's available. That's what I love. Like I like uh, like right now I'm counting down the minutes until Final Fantasy 16 is available, and I'm going back and forth because of the master save thing yeah. on doing the rest of the demo and then you know going into the full release or whatever, or just wanting to wait and then that's that's the stupid thing. Everything I've said so far, I would restart. Like they're telling me that you can carry over your save onto Final Fantasy 16 because it is final code, it's just the beginning two hours of the game. But in my head, because of just I don't know whatever feeling, I want to do a master save, I want to start properly next week and go all the way through on the finished game, even though it's finished code anyway. Um, but yeah, I think having self-control and knowing, um, you know, not letting the the game dictate or the movie dictate, like, you know, you, you've not, you waited until recently to see Across the Spider-Verse. Yes. Whereas, like, I saw that on the the first, the, the, the day earlier, it was like a preview screening, like, on the Thursday before the Friday re- uh, release. I'll always take things as soon as they're out. Like, right. it's just, I don't know, that's just that's just one thing that I love hoovering up.
2: I guess, because I'm just an anxious, anxious person, I just need <laughs> to know I'm going to enjoy... Um, the situation that I'm in while I'm watching or playing something like Spider-Verse is a perfect example Mm. that that was pretty much indicative of all of my viewing slash playing slash consuming habits Mm. I didn't watch any trailers didn't even know the basic premise of that movie (laughs) didn't watch it day one avoided all spoilers Mm. avoided everything didn't know who was in it didn't know what the hell it was about Mm. and then I waited a week or two to go see it I went to the metro center which uh, reference to people who don't know what that is it's like a shopping mall that's outside of town on a super hot day when I knew no one would be (laughs) there in a screening no one was in on a work day because I took the time off to go see it. Uh, and then I went to see it pretty much in an empty theater on my own and it was perfect man. it was the perfect experience it was exactly what I wanted it to be Mm. and you don't always get to see see, you know manipulate the elements in that way but when it pays off oh that was gorgeous You, you
1: definitely have a thing where it's like if experiencing media is like a Venn diagram and it's all one big hole in the middle you're really good at like separating like no this is for me this one I'm taking this away from this hole and this one's my little thing and I'm gonna like delay it I'm gonna watch it at a specific time of day or I'm gonna like get some specific snacks in or I'm going to do whatever and that's my thing and like and, it, it, and you make it yours and like I like the fact that it is part of that hole right. if anything I kind of miss it I, I, I miss like you mentioned before like uh, when it felt like you know everyone was watching a show I miss that I, I when Elden Ring came around and everyone was playing Elden Ring yeah. I wish it was that for more stuff right. like uh, I just I, I miss that overall so I definitely like when this even if anything even close to a hole forming around anything I will take yeah. so like I love that but I think that's the the core thing that we not necessarily disagree on but you bes- Prefer like separate stuff. No,
2: I, th- I think I think you're spot on. Like for me, I've, I've noticed as again as as the years go by, like how much <laughs> of a of a personal thing media is for mm. me. Like it's 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 a me thing, and it's 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 like you said. I I will sometimes not watch a telly show until I've got the right snacks in <laughs> until <laughs> until I made the right move in uh, the, the, the ambient right light. Mood. Yeah, yeah, nighttime ambient light. Like it's <coughs> it's when I'm the most in the zone. It's mm. when I'm the most comfortable, mm. and that's how I like to you know, that's, that's just me, I suppose. And it's, it's where I feel like the most like me. Mm. And it's the, it's where I feel like, like I said, the most natural. So I, I will always wait to kind of seize that moment because I realize as I get older, man, I don't care what people think about <laughs> stuff. Like, I like that there's the discourse happening, but mm. when I was younger, man, like, and I say that like I'm ancient, but like mm. when I was in university or something, or even at the early days of this job, I always thought that I had to be the loudest voice in the room, right, yeah. which is ironic. Cause I'm, always feel like I'm, Bloody taking the mic from you in this podcast <laughs> no. and waxing lyrical. I think figures, every every
1: teenager has that because it's like yeah. I matter, I have my opinions. Like exactly. that's everyone goes through that. Stuff.
2: Exactly. It's it's like it's like I need people to know that I know. I need people to know that I'm smart, that I know about this stuff. Yes. And I did four years at university in film school and I I've got the credentials. Mise on
1: damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: <laughs> exactly. That I know what I'm talking about. I want to be part of the conversation. I want people to 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 like me, whatever. And like mm-hmm. as the years go on, I just kind of realised that and I'm I'm kind of grateful I had this realization, but I was like, I'm not gonna get anything from that. No. That doesn't interest me. Anymore, And that's I, why I like talking to like a specific amount of people about the stuff I like. I love nothing more than playing something with you yeah. and talking about it on this podcast or in our DMs or in person. Mm-hmm. I love it with my girlfriend. I love it with Adam Nicholas. I love it with a bunch of other people in, in this office in my home life. But like Random Joe on Reddit, I'm less interested in them than I was 10 years I ago. I
1: think, for, yeah, for me, it's like I'm not posting on anything, but I do like those wider conversations. Like I love like <clears throat> like wrestling Reddit pages because like, I love AEW, so I'm following the AEW page or the, the Squared Circle. Page, I think I might have shut down. Um, But I love those wider communal conversations. I like knowing what the talking points are or what people are gravitating towards and and watching people, watching everybody react to Tears of the Kingdom. Because obviously I had that early for launch and I beat it in a week at like 70 or whatever hours it was in that first week um, to hit credits.
3: And then watching everybody get to those
1: moments and react, and like, I think that's fun. I, d- I definitely love the communal interaction with media. I definitely love being part of that, even if it's from like a satellite perspective. Like I'm yeah. not leaving comments on, um, like I said, social media pages, Reddit threads, whatever it is, YouTube comments. I'm not engaging that way, but I do love seeing it all happen. I think it's just like, yeah, like I said, like wh- hoping for more holes around stuff. Like I yeah. said, I'd, the last time it happened, unless I'm forgetting anything, was Elden Ring, where it felt like just everybody was talking about it. Um, Zelda, to some degree, had like random people, either it was like family members friends or people in the office just being like oh my god you've played it isn't any good like it just it was that thing that you said like it it permeated it punched through a little bit um i just like that i like that video games as a con if video games are a conversation then like when it's more people taking part i love that
2: don't get me wrong i love that as well you know we Mm. talk about it all the time about how those those big events that rally everyone are good i think just in terms of my interaction with that Mm. big event has changed where i can you know um separate myself from the circle for a little bit play it in my own time and then return to the circle because I, like, I like I say I, I know that conversation is still going to be there yeah. and it's just thrilling for me um, these days to kind of re-enter that discourse and mm-hmm. figure out what everyone's been saying and like I said I realise that I don't have to add to it anymore I can just like look at it and go, that's so cool that everyone's talking about that. Let's yeah. see what they're thinking about. This is what I thought over here, and now I'm going to contrast that yeah, with, with I think popular there's like, opinion or whatever.
1: There's always ways to do it as well. I mean, we fundamentally make gaming news videos <laughs> like nearly every other day. Although there's not, no news at the minute. That's why we're talking about this stuff. Um, well, but they, also pre-reporting it.
2: Like, it's like a par- paradox, right? It's like yeah. all, there's almost too much news to the point where like you kind of covered it all, and then there's no news. It's like these peaks and drops. It's like well, these like, conferences, he's nothing.
1: Yeah, there's like there's tons of showcases right now for the summer 2023, and there are tons of like little things happening. Like, all like, oh, there's deals happening over here, but nothing that is, like, fun to talk about, which is usually our bar for the gaming news. That's to be worthwhile for me and you to talk about it. Um, speaking of worthwhile to talk about, let's talk about side quests and main quests. Um, probably the last thing we'll talk about because we're slowly running out of time, but... Um, this is a whole thing that I think, can I, I feel what game we were both playing where it kind of came to light that you, you'll, oh no, MP, you, you, okay. You talk to NPCs, you <laughs> make a point of like, you know, you'll comb like a whole area and then you'll move on like chunk by chunk by chunk. And my wife does that too. Um, I don't do that. I sort of just, I don't even really think about it. It's not a one thing or the other. It's just like, it's just hovering around the idea of like a through line purpose to the game. So it's like, I'll talk, right. I might talk to an NPC, I might do a couple of side quests, but what's the next main hook thing? And so, like, I can't get too lost in side quest stuff unless the game is fundamentally built that way, kind of more like a Dead Island or more... Well, definitely more like Diablo 4, where it's, like, just take side quest, get loot, do whatever. That is almost the main thrust. But if there's some sort of story to resolve, I want a little bit of that every now and then. And there's, like, a subconscious bit of me that sort of kicks in, going, like, you should really do a main quest mission now. (laughs) You've done too many side things. Um, And I have that, where I can't do too many side things without progressing the main thing.
2: My issue with this comes from the fact that once a main quest in a game is done mm-hmm. my interest in the game is almost gone entirely right. and i it, like i just i've tried it before i know myself i know that once that final mission finishes and mm-hmm. the credits roll i'm not going to finish uh, the side missions because it almost feels like that's not part of the canonical journey that that character is on (laughs) anymore, which sounds really weird. But if you take um, Jedi Survivor uh, as an example, for instance, I knew that I would have to mop almost everything up because once I hit the credits and once that journey was done, Mm. everything I was doing... Um, outside of that, would feel almost without motivation or without um, drive, and I don't know why that is. But it <clears throat> was—it was proven because the only thing I had left to do in that game was finish the bounty hunter yes. stuff.
1: That, oh, funnily enough, that's apparently been patched now. Today, we're recording this on Friday for okay. Monday. Yeah. But apparently today they've issued the sixth effing patch to fix the bounty thing being hidden, which is the thing that glitched on my game.
2: Well, that's—that's—he's the thing, right? Ludicrous. I didn't get that glitch, and I still didn't do it. You know what I mean? I still didn't do it because <laughs> once I was done. I was done. And that was the only outstanding thing I had to do in that right. game because there's something about the journey that I'm on with this um, character or whoever it is um, in a game that I love so much. It's part of why I bubble with these games. It's part of why I concentrate on them so much and mm-hmm. kind of block everything out because it's it's that sense of mechanical uh, escalation, like I mentioned. It's that sense of development in the character or you as a player mm-hmm. and that's all confined within the context of a story, so all the side missions are a part of that, and once that story's over, I almost feel like everything else is done, and I don't know really why, and I'm really interested to know if anyone else has that kind of drop in motivation when they hit that point, oh, man, or whether that's he... another me thing, I don't know.
1: I, yeah, I'd be curious on that too. Mine is definitely the opposite hilarious <laughs> because it's like, I. but I mean, I was like, it, it's a Metroidvania thing. It's like, let me get my full tool belt, let me get my full uh, range of abilities, and then I know I can explore everywhere, and I know that I won't just hit, a random colored wall that I can't punch through because I haven't unlocked this specific type of fist yet or whatever it is. Jedi Survivor, when you mentioned that, is hilarious because that's one of the only games that made me want to mop everything up after the story because right. fundamentally once that stuff is taken care of, in that world, like there is an end game and then Cal is just allowed to explore and mop everything else up and it makes sense canonically because you are a Jedi looking after these areas, clearing out the rest of the Empire. So I love like, I love that motivation. That's why I was quadruply like so annoyed that I couldn't just do the bounties yeah. because their stupid game wasn't working. So, like, um, yeah, apparently they've, like, finally patched it. But, yeah, for me, it is almost that Metroidvania or Metroid-style completion feeling where, like, there's nothing like in Metroid when you have a fully-powered Samus and you're just blitzing around the levels because you know the environments and everything else. Like, I like that if a game plays into it. I think it's weird if we talk about a headcanon stuff where, like, if a game gives you a save before the final mission and then they plug DLC in, it's like, okay, well, I guess on that story my character was about to fight the final boss but then went over here and did a bunch of other stuff and then came back and did the final boss
2: this is it like in my head and i don't do this often for anything i don't know why i do it for video games Mm. but i i I think i role play a lot as the characters even in non-role playing games i like invent scenarios for them i invent their journey through this experience and i like it being one coherent thing Mm. so when i do get those moments where it kicks you back before and the final main mission or whatever to kind of Finish side quests, in my head, the character's journey is done, and that's for nothing. Like, for whatever reason, even in the most story-like games where I don't care about the story, kind of like Zelda, to be honest, Yes, my drive is to build that character up to be as powerful as possible before fighting the end boss, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? To make that journey feel as complete as possible, so they're going into that final confrontation and having finished everything, having Mm -hmm. gone through that journey, being this incredibly powerful character, and then culminating the story almost. It's always building to that kind of culmination in my own headcanon. <laughs> and I don't know why. It's just a way that I've managed to really enjoy these games and kind of flow with these games. But it's interesting that obviously people have other headcanons like yourself mm. like like yourself where <coughs> um their story you know, quote unquote, is different because you're like, oh well, yeah, this character, of course, exists after that event happened, and they would obviously mop this up because yeah. they're encouraged to. They're encouraged to from a story perspective. My brain just doesn't latch on. It's that always for whatever
1: reason. it's always case by case, and there, there aren't like rules for it. For me, it's it's just a feeling. Like uh, the weirdest one that we had as, as the two of us was always Ghost of Sushma yeah, because that was one where, like, uh, thematically or contextually, to me, it made sense that Jin Sakai would be dipping in and helping the smallest rung of person, like trying to help out the individual fisherman who was, like, having a couple of... Just two two people harassing him or whatever. I'll step in. I'm the dude who's, like, helping um, save the land or whatever, alongside the bigger fights against the Mongols and everything. But... I like missed quite a few of those character deviations. There's like they don't even it's like that tier of thing where it's like main quest, side quest that are character missions and then those weird little question mark type ones that the Witcher helped popularize. Yeah. Where you can't just go somewhere and do a thing. I love the idea of Jin Sakai as the person sort of being like the Batman of uh, Sushima itself and just dipping in and helping people out when they least expect it. Um, and doing that stuff. And it's not that I didn't do everything else, but the main my two main modes of approaching that game were the specific main story missions and then the little tiny question mark ones. And I missed a couple of, there's like a monk character that you sort of meet towards the end that I didn't do his stuff at all. Um, because at that point, in terms of the story pacing, it felt like the main stuff had kicked in so much that it didn't make any sense for Jin to go off and do all this other stuff.
2: I think for me with, with open world games and RPGs especially, I always find those character quests way more interesting than the overall story. Mm. So I think that certainly helps. I did in The Witcher. Yeah, yeah in The Witcher in, in like Mass Effect as mm. well, you know, like those character stories are so interesting. And to me they're almost they almost become the main thrust of the game. So mm. I want to finish those before the the regular main quest because they feel almost more important and it's like yeah mm. I, I like that's the bulk of the game to me and the the main quest is just kind of closing that off almost but yeah with Ghost of Sushima, that was that was a funny one because I couldn't um I like naively couldn't comprehend you not doing those missions because to me like i said they were like the beating soul of that game they, mm-hmm. they were what made it so special the ones but, i did
1: were phenomenal i just didn't do every single one of them oh yeah
2: 100 yeah. like and i was i was so pleased that you did like you know you, you understood and you, you did them and we could bond over that and talk <laughs> about it but it's funny when you come out a game and the stuff that you want to talk about isn't what someone else wants to talk about yeah because games are so big and they're f- full of disparate parts, like we always mention, and you can latch on to one thing and completely ignore another thing if you mm. want. Like, I I hate the uh, naval stuff in Assassin's Creed, but people yeah. obviously love it. And it's, it's always funny and sometimes frustrating when you come out of a game and you love this one thing so much and you think that was the heart and soul of it in someone else's kind of, like... It was didn't good, even see that. But didn't even see it, didn't yeah. even play it. It's like, interesting, man. <laughs> These games are created for so many different types of players, for so many different types of people, have so many through lines that you can mm. be interested in or not. And I increasingly find that fascinating.
1: So for, for Resident Evil 4 as well, like I could not care less about, I mean, I love the original Merchant. I hate the remake Merchant. Dude does, does not shut up. <laughs> does but I, I, I'm i not bothered at all about all the shooting the medallions and killing the rats and doing all the his stupid little side things and that like shooting gallery thing that's like below him that's not why I'm there at all. Yeah. Like, at all, that is anathema to why I'm there. So I, I've, I've tried that stuff, because I'll, I'll dip in and see what it is, but as soon as I realized, like, exactly what that was, I was like, this is not what I want from Resident Evil 4. Right, And I've right. just disconnected from that across the the story. Like, every time I see him, and it's pretty frequently, um, every single one of those, like, Check in, but it's just empty because I've not done any of those extra quests. Like, yeah, and he's always, I've got some new stuff, and I'm like, no, you don't. It's another crown, and I don't need it. Leave (laughs) me alone.
2: Oh, see, that's another good example because my first run through of Resi Four when I did everything took Mm. me over twenty hours, I think, because I did it all. Mm -hmm. And some of the fondest memories I had from that experience were doing some of the side quest missions. Obviously, not for medallions. The medallions were fine. I did them. (laughs) I like the rewards from them. They're
1: satisfying to shoot. They're
2: satisfying to shoot. They're satisfying to hunt down. But it was the moments where you had to go fight this dangerous enemy and there's Mm. a cool moment with a knight underground, like a golden Mm. knight that's actually in the original game and is repurposed here as like this sub-boss and I remember being so thrilled by that but like a bunch of players might miss it. I'm never going to see it. I mean I might
1: later in the year but
2: yeah. Yeah and it's. I just always think it's fun to see what you gravitate towards. I remember, I'll always remember we had the discussion when The Last of Us Part 2 came out, and Mm. I had played it first for review. so when you were going through it, I was eager to see what you (laughs) thought of certain things. And it's funny to see what people message you about and what they don't. I remember we talked about like a a really minor thing towards the beginning when you're exploring Seattle and you go down into the bank, and there's a Mm. whole story about these bank robbers who got trapped in the vault on outbreak day, and they didn't Mm. know what was going on, and they're still down there. And I thought that story was so cool, and I remember messaging you, and you were like, Whoop <laughs> Whoop <laughs> And I was like, you know what? That's crazy to me at the time, but I increasingly get it because I realized that there's no one right way to play a game at all.
1: No, see, I, I remember I thought I did see that. I mean I remember reacting to that stuff, but maybe it was on like a second playthrough or something. Maybe we, it wasn't the first time
2: through. We talked about it when you replayed it. Okay? Right, like, okay. I think it was like last year or the year before, and then you kind of went through and mm. did that bit more thoroughly, I think, and we talked yeah, about it. Yeah, that's what it, it was,
1: because the first time through I was like they had that sort of semi-open world stuff and I was I was just so because of what happens just before. All that sequence, that area, I just wanted more story stuff. That was something where the main stuff I was like 100% focused on, and the game was like, oh, we've got all these other things. Shut up. I'm not, I'm not doing that at <laughs> all. I'm doing your main thing because that is why I'm here. Um, but yeah, when I went back through it and then combed everything, it was like, oh, there's way more detail in that area. Um, another one that was just recently, I'm not going to do specifics, but Dredge, the way that game wraps up um, one of its endings is contingent on finding something in the open world and I just did well I did but I found it out of order so it didn't fully trigger in the right way and then um, so I got a different ending and then I had to go online because it felt really unsatisfying and it was yeah. like oh actually no if you go back to this place that I had been to but at a different point in the story um, you'll get a different thing and that triggers the final ending and I hated that with a passion but at the same time it, that it worked t- totally well for you
2: absolutely and we've actually had that twice this year we mm. had it with Dredge and we recently had it in Tears of the Kingdom yes. where you- you completely skipped a quest that took me about an hour to complete mm-hmm. because we just um, entered the end game completely differently. Like no spoilers, mm-hmm. but in the end game of Tears of the Kingdom, you have a few roadblocks where the game just says you have to go out and find. Yeah, this like item thing. checks. Yeah, 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 item checks, but they don't really tell you where it is. You have to search down clues. You have to do some other side missions to get there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the way I was playing it in that kind of completionist zone. I'd found all of those things before I got to that zone. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to the character and they're like, oh, you need to go find this thing. And then they're like, what? You've got the thing on you. <laughs> oh, you know the knowledge. Uh, and they did that like three times, but I know you had a different experience. Well, mine was like, i like more of a roadblock.
1: Yeah, I had that. There was one specific thing where it was like, oh, you've already got this. But there's another thing where, um, yeah, there was just the way some of the cuts. I'm being vague as hell. But some of the way the cutscenes rolled out, I'd already done the thing that they were talking about doing in the cutscene, And it yeah. was very obvious that I'd done that thing, but the game didn't acknowledge it. And that just felt really weird. Um, there has been a couple of patches for Tears of the Kingdom so it might have been sorted and that might have been a pre-release thing but um, that was just one thing towards the end of the game where they need to sort of like, if that whole game is one giant like diamond shape, they need to bring you back in towards the next point and the only way to do that which is really inelegant considering how kind of whimsical and beautiful the rest of that game is, is just like, have you got the thing yet? Okay, yeah. well it's out there somewhere so go find it and, and I, I thought that sucked.
2: It's kind of funny man because I liked it but I didn't get to experience it and that's where my kind of completionist approach sort of broke down because mm. I thought those were great quests when I did them and I love that the game gave me the ability and the freedom to find them way before mm. I got to that end game mm. but I thought about how cool it would have been and how maybe better paced in a way the game would have been if I got to that moment and I didn't know where one of the things was and I needed to spend another five hours in the well, that's game that's what I hated hunting down <laughs> side quests because it would have for me expanded the game almost because in my experience and maybe you would have loved this, I don't know, like the final stretch was so narrow, but Mm. it was so long, and it was so narrow, Mm. it got to the point where after I did the final temple, it was just like, he's a linear thing, he's a linear thing, he's a linear thing, he's a linear thing, and they were all good, but because I had the in-between parts, Mm. that would have uh, expanded them, uh, or stretched them out a little bit more, Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like it was strangely paced, because it felt like it was wrapping up, and then it wasn't, Then it felt like it was wrapping up, then it wasn't, and that was my fault, because I almost broke it by having everything (laughs) beforehand, but uh, it makes you think there's no ideal way to go through a video game, Scott. not. It's, like, nah, it's hard. I think that it's
1: it's on them to sort of like decide how they want to roadblock people or how they want to item check you or whatever it is. For me, it's always like give me a, a vague goal or a vague direction and tell me the, the, the main thing I'm doing is in that direction and I'll deviate and do whatever I want to get to that point, context permitting or whatever it is. Um, but when you just tell me like, hey, we need something and it's somewhere in the open world, have fun. I'm not, I, that's a needle in a haystack. Like I just, I need, I do need something. You need to tell me some direction or something. Um. I always hate that. And I find, I don't know, I find that's like quite a, it's not cheap, but I find that like a, empty way to elongate runtime because yeah. I'm just stumbling around and I hate, why I hate the depths in that game because um, I'm just <gasps> stumbling around hoping to find something of purpose. Oh, it's more darkness. I just, yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> none of that stuff was for me. Um, but yeah, clearly we have a lot of different uh, back and forths that we can delve back into. I have a few other pointers on here that we didn't get to, so we might do a, another version of this in the future. If
2: people like it, I hope
1: it wasn't too indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's it's got to be done it's just to wind up. Um, plus, right now there's hardly any gaming news going on, although we are pre-recording this on Friday, so maybe, maybe Xbox will buy so on Sunday and then we'll that Not react to happen, that. Huh? No, we wants. will react to that <laughs> later in the week. Um, but yeah, come find us on social media. Let us know what you think of your various gaming habits. And if you agree or disagree with the big dip life and playing demos genuinely, and getting lost in
2: marketing. Genuinely want to know because I don't <laughs> know how, if anyone is 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 anywhere near the same way, on the same wavelength yes. as me or you. I don't know. Uh, maybe even in the between. Maybe you're a nice amalgamation of both of our styles. <laughs> I don't know. I want to know though. I really do.
1: Yeah, get in touch with us. Uh, for now, this has been The up. I've been Scott Tilford. That's been Josh Brown. Always a pleasure, Scott Tilford. Always a pleasure to be heard by. All of you, and we'll catch you throughout the week. Bye bye. Have
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Gigi Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello